So the good news on the weather now, have you started? I mean, we can I start recording to test levels, but we can. Oh, okay. Well, he usually starts before we yeah, do but the cut intro. that. Well, the good thing about the the weather now and rain now is it is I think we've officially hit summer and we got what was it? Like a 1.25 at the beginning of this week. When do we get that? That was over Sunday night into the Monday. Yeah. Oh, cuz I wasn't here Monday. And yeah. it was dusty again on Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Like it dries out quick. It's dry today too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, welcome to the boys at Jared's place. It is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. There's your intro. Got it. So talking about weather, that rain Sunday night was the rain that was supposed to hit all weekend, right? We were supposed to have a rainy Saturday, rainy Sunday. Got it all at once. You get to Friday and the weather changed to perfect Saturday, perfect Sunday. Yeah. Sunny, hot, cool in the mornings, hot in the afternoons. But yeah. that was after it was supposed to rain all weekend and then it rained Sunday night. Will said ideally uh perfect rain pattern would be what? Sunday going into Monday, then Thursday. Yeah, Sunday Friday. night, Thursday night. But the thing is, in the summer, like honestly, a quarter to it half a half of an inch every single night would probably be ideal. Like if it starts raining at nine p.m. and stops raining by midnight, the trails would be perfect the next morning. Yeah. We talked uh, and dusty by the next afternoon. Last <laughs> week, Nick, what was your buddy from uh, Wyoming that wrecked crap on the last day? Jack. So we talked to Jack because he was talking to us. They run sprinklers down some of their systems. They run gravity-fed sprinklers down some of their trails. Oh, okay. I mean, they got like a thousand plus feet of vert. They have it up at like the top and everything like that. But I mean, they run gravity-fed sprinkler systems. He but gave us some insight also into it. But Jackson Hole, where it tends to be a lot drier and the dirt is completely different than yeah. what we have. Like if you look at videos of Out West, it looks oh, it's like a dry. dust bowl yeah. all summer. But but just the principle that they could run gravity-fed yeah. sprinklers. Like I had the thought on um, air supply that it could be done. The thing is, you can't think about trying to water all of air supply at once because you're going to lose pressure, right? But if you break it down into segments. And you try to order like one bore, one berm, do the cutoff valve, go down the next one, open it up. Then you're minimizing the pressure spread so you could get by with it a little easier than running the water truck or something. If you're trying to water all of the berms or all the areas on like air supply, you're going to run out of gravity pressure, right? But Yeah. Pipe is pretty expensive, though. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to build like rain flies to collect the water unless I mean, we wanted to go. You, fill it up yeah you, you could have a tank up there and go fill it you could it's but. still simpler than driving the truck all up and down like air supply or double wide or something like that it's not like you even have to do all of it right because you can pick certain certain turns that are the worst that get the driest and do just areas on that and pipe is expensive but you could start with running a it would a just be hose hose down and then splitting off that hose basically pipe would be like way harder to do i think what they did say in jackson 
hole that they have like one big pipe which it's a resort they have a lot more money to work with they have well, like one and ski season which they yeah were for skiing stuff. the water is already on the mountain but even they, out there well, they have blowers well he's using this for mountain bike specific and they have like one pipe that goes down like a center channel and then they split off of it they like tee off and they'll like run over to uh different trails and stuff but like they that. have that water supply i'm sure it's not well no. even i guess it's, if it's gravity fed it's different they but. have access to water they he they use a lot of water but they still have to take it up there and fill it up yeah what are things that you said they use is they use like a tank pool for one of them um so it's like it's collapsible but you go up there you put a little bit of water open and then it's like a pool so it sits open so if it does rain it would collect water still but right. it's basically like a like a horse tank pool or something like that Who's just thoughts since we're talking about how dry it's getting research like how much pressure can you get with 800 feet of vert or yeah, really a lower a mountain lot. that's a struggle it's like 450 feet of vert on lower mountains so it's a little bit less for me but. like summertime the dust where it gets the sketches is on the top trails like i'd rather water upper the local upper, upper trails, than yeah. air supply yeah does double wide gets a little sketch when it gets dusty but that blue groove yeah. stays in there and it's mostly if you're just not in the blue groove yeah and you know some of those berms will get steeper eventually yeah make that less of a a sketchy sketchiness it's really cornering where it gets you the worst giant like a really sharp corner yeah well it was a beautiful weekend we went out to the rome international speedway the world's fastest half mile clay track the oh, world yeah, it's the world in the it? entire world it's an international fastest ordeal. half mile Georgia clay track. No, just clay track. <laughs> Not Georgia clay track. <laughs> Fastest in the world, half mile clay track. They're getting after it. Yeah, there's some some more events we were looking last night. There's uh what is it? They got one July fifteenth. They've yeah. got the outlaws, which yeah. those look fast. Outlaw sprint cars, which look fun. In. Yeah. That was, was fun. I do that again. It was loud and dusty. Oh yeah, we know. We we've got a, a little test run in, so we know next time. Make sure you get there early if you can and get the fence parking because you can back your truck right up Ooh. to the fence and tailgate yeah. out that bad boy. Coolers are allowed over there. Mm -hmm. That's get a big cooler, plus. Get some food. And uh, make sure you bring some ear protection because that shit gets loud. And maybe some safety glasses to keep the dust out of your eyes. Goggles. Yeah, goggles. Dude, so we sat on the turn and like, I thought about it afterwards because it was full when we got there. So we went over like the turn bleachers. We're like, God, there's so much dust. I was like, we are sitting in the turn where they're just drifting sideways yep. at like full RPM, just kicking dust and dirt up in your it face. It did look like from, if you like watch the lights, it looked like the wind was going our direction, mm -hmm. which that definitely doesn't help. And I, I mean, it was just dusty everywhere. Yeah. Like as soon as they got going, dust Dude, cloud. I still have dust in my eyes. Yeah. But that was a damn good old time. I said that like uh, Saturday. I used to do that as a kid with my parents. My dad, my grandpa, my brother, my uncle, my uncle Greg used to always go out to the Dixie Motor Speedway and mm -hmm. go out to the track. It's it's just a good old country time. It I'm glad y'all end ended up going. Your, uh, fun. your cousin you? was out there racing, wasn't he, Drew? That's yeah. what you told me Monday? Yeah. yeah. Derek. Uh, I had to look up the results because I was bummed that I missed it. And my cousin does race. Um, it's like I don't want to butcher it. There's like twenty different categories. There's a lot of classes, yeah. Yep. He got um second to last because of did not finish. But, but you know uh, what happened? But he, we're, he did finish, so he did finish. That's better than it's that. Better other than guy. not finishing. Yep. So. 
Was he one in? The, was he in like the main classes and not like the four banger? He was in that Honda Civic running around. Late model something. Class. There was like six. There was two, one. Five there was one class cram. that was indistinguishable though. It was the the four banger beaters. Oh hilarious. yeah, those yeah. were hilarious. Oh, I thought I'm we were sure. gonna see way more wrecks than we did, but it was. <sighs> they started at what, like sixteen? Yeah, and it ended it, at eight. And not all nice. of the wrecks is like, 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 what, down. like 20 laps? Yeah. Yeah. The four bangers class was hilarious. That'll happen. We could get one. Of, you could get your Honda out there in oh, that we class. Could. Yeah. It yeah. might last a lap. Someone gives us sponsorship dollars. We have the boys of Jared's place four banger out there. I think when I looked, I think it. that's called the Econo class. Oh, Econo my God. <laughs> Zach Mays has got the Econo line. Oh, man. I don't think it's a four cylinder. We could put a four cylinder in it. <laughs> Oh, I see what the four banger is now. So yeah, my car wouldn't. Oh, is yours it's a V6? V6 yeah. Oh, you're out then. Buddy. I know. I could uh, just like jam up two of the cams or whatever. <laughs> you sure they're all firing anyways? They're not. <laughs> we could get they're one. Of, apparently, the new Tacomas are going to be a four-cylinder twin turbo. We could get one of those and race <laughs> that thing. Just out there, just ripping on these 98 Corollas. <laughs> Dude, that... There were some fast ones out there in oh, that I'm class. Sure. There were some fast cars out there. So number eleven, that yeah. one, that one fast. He he was just like they were talking about it over the uh, the loudspeakers when like during a caution or whatever. But uh, it's what happens when you can just hit every turn wide open. You don't have to slow down. <laughs> he literally just had his car dialed, and he could mm -hmm. just every turn he was drifting out on like the high line, like full pace. You never hear him like coming off the throttle or anything. Yeah, like no, they would. They would hit him on a, a caution. Everyone come back together. He would just be gone again right on the next restart. Dude, they need to like get together as a group, all the guys that do that, and figure out their effing numbers. There was one class, and there was three of the same number, and there's like 12 guys out there. Yeah, so the leaderboard at one point was 17, 16, 16, 16. <laughs> like, Those are prime figure numbers. Figure out your numbers, bro. They're like, all fighting for that number. So it, happened. <laughs> it was a season opener, right? So... First place gets to keep the number. Second place of that number has to drop it and get a new number. You got to repaint the whole car. Really? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it was cool, though. We definitely got to get back out there. Made me want to yeah. get a car and go fast, but I'm not going to. We need to keep an eye on it and go to a, a night that has Demolition Derby. I don't know if they do Demolition Derby there. They got like uh I don't think they do because there. they're like the inner ring is super built out. Is it? He's yeah. got a like concession and back. They've got like in there. buildings down there when and I, like full pits. Yeah. The last time I the last few times that I went was well over a decade ago and they had demolition derbies on that track. It was like a lot of fun. Probably they've got like two it looks like either a single or double wide trailer down there, which maybe on occasion they take those out and they Clear out the pits and do demolition. It looked derby. like a setup for like concessions and bathrooms because yeah. they have the racers in there, but then they also have like a lot of support. Oh, I see what you are saying. Uh, they actually did the demolition derby on the track. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was like, it was like around. It was oh. the finisher. It was a finisher. Oh, that would so be they, not a figure eight demolition. No, derby. they just had like uh like the main stadium seating, and yeah. then they would just fight it out on that straight. Uh, we saw a fight. Oh yeah, dude! Like first race, they come in, and I was like, I was watching. I was like, dude, something's going on because this guy comes hauling through, and everyone's like following him, like a whole crowd's following. I was like, 
uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and he, like, blasts by the car and revs it. And they had, car had gotten, two of the cars had, like, gotten into it. One of the cars was, like, beat up. Yeah. And the other car was, like, the blacked-out car with, like, no sponsors, yeah, no yeah. letters, nothing. It was yeah. just straight black with a little orange on it. it was, like, he mm-hmm. pulled past the other car and then put it in reverse and backed straight into the other car. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they, like, pulled it in the pits and got out. And yeah. And were, like, going This whole crowd it. came. And you're like, we got to fight. We got to fight. Like, for, <laughs> After the first heat we saw, it was so good. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Brought the hype levels to the maximum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The people in front of us, they had apparently been there a lot. They're both going to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> that's assault and battery. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good time, though. And me and Blair saw Jason Bourne. Oh, yeah. God dang. <laughs> man. That's a hard story to even explain, but damn, was that funny. We saw a kid struggling to climb over a fence it's like one of those like handrail fences with with three rungs on it yeah just a railing really not and me and blair were like we didn't know each other we were both looking at it we were both watching the whole thing him struggling to get over it and blair just turns to me and goes jesus christ it's jason Bourne." (laughs) (laughs) it took him like a good two to three minutes to get over it and like at the end i think he just went between the railings i don't even know if he went over. no he went all the way over it yeah but he figured it out (laughs) it was like two to three minutes i was like jesus christ (laughs) will's like you watch that too i was like yep No, Good that people was watching, and the concessions weren't that bad. I got the fried pickles, corn dogs, baby. Yeah, you had two or three corn dogs, didn't you? No, I got a corn dog and a cheeseburger. Yeah. Cheeseburger lackluster. Next time, I'll go for a double corn dog. I mean, pre wrapped cheeseburgers in there in aluminum foil. It ain't, ain't going to be anything. They too got the special. heat lamp. <laughs> Mike Lizzie was pretty pad. good, dude. Yeah. Lizzie and the uh, the corn dog was good. I got the fried pickles. Fries were use a little salt. You could go to some ketchup, but I mean, what do you think you're going to get? Becky the- got one of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, so. I was like, Beck was like, dude, wh- I'm like about to spend all my cash. I was like, you know, you're in the credit line, right? He goes, nah. And I'm like, look above you, man. He like looks up and it's the credit sign. And we're already like at, like three quarters of the way through the line and everything. It's like, damn. <laughs> and he's like, can you get me? I'll get you cash. I was like, yeah, yeah, I get you. So I go up there and I check out and forget about Beck. And Beck is like looking there like. <laughs> i was like oh shit man i'll get you so i like, go back and give him his card but yeah he spent like 22 dollars on all the food hot dog hamburger corn everything. dog fries like he came over there with my cheese sticks He's like, i ate all of it he's like i'm so full i think i gave one cheese stick away <laughs> so so generous yeah y'all are all yeah. like what are we gonna do for dinner i was like gotta get to the racetrack we're running late we're doing like hot dogs at the at the track baby it's corn it dogs and Waffle out. House. This is a good night. <laughs> well, other besides n- that, okay. Other news from the weekend. Uh, snapped. I think I, oh, I've yeah. come to. I've come to the conclusion. This is rip mode number four. I've broken. Not anymore. Well, this is the fourth one I've broken. Oh, okay. So we'll be on number five. Um, it's been. A, it was. It was there for a couple weeks, and I saw. Charlie Goldwyn's video on Instagram of him doing the right before the second road crossing on double wide. There's like the table with two lips and he landed on the back slope. And I like went for that and basically just landed to flat. And we all heard a loud crack and she's really cracked now. So she's really cracked. Yeah. We'll get, get that warrantied and how was, get uh, her off the table. How was uh, writing that down after you cracked it? I went behind my dad and I was like both feet out very slow. <laughs> <laughs> Could you hear it creaking and everything while you're going down or no, no, I was going, 
chill. I, I just like, feel like the way like those layers could just be like hitting, but it it felt strong enough that I could like still ride it another lap or two, and then I mean like fully break it and face plant. But I'm not about that. Testament yeah. to why we were talking about the strength of carbon, even when compromised. I mean, yeah, I mean, not that you should have, but like it's impressive that it didn't even on a slow ride down keep just working that carbon and break more. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see. Hopefully this time. So I started out with the story of the Ritmos. I started out I was like three years ago on the V1 Ritmo, broke that one. V2 Ritmo, broke the next one on my my fault on the v2 broke the third one and basically where the the front of the shock mounts to the down to of the frame the carbon just cracked right there it never like fully snapped um and then the fourth one just snapped in the same place or cracked in the same place so i'm hoping because there's now the v2s the warranty me that to the new one and then i've gone through all three renditions of the ritmo just off warranties. What's the difference in the V2S? It's like slightly different rear end. Okay. Like um, a little geometry change. Yeah. Okay. And probably a better carbon layout. Hopefully. So Better yeah. luck next time. We'll get that thing warrantied and fresh frame off the table. So if you're looking for a bike that's super uh, sturdy, hit me up. <laughs> brand new one. It will be brand new. The yeah. problem with it is it's you know older components not that they're bad components the whole drivetrain's been upgraded and yeah brakes have been upgraded you've but, been moving that from version to version yeah. to version so it's not like it's all new or anything but the frame's all not. good yeah might have to keep my uh ibis carbon wheels off of that those are some damn good wheels yeah or we were talking last night i mean a good time to sell it all and then try the revel wheels see what those are about yeah i mean i don't have wheels to put on it so i'll probably just sell the whole thing yeah if i can sell that for like three and then hopefully sell the polygon for like four i'll have almost paid for the entire santa cruz e-bike now if you are listening that's a markdown on what the uh polygon is so it will up with four some grand deals. four grand we're at two-thirds of the brand new price so it will with some uh some inquiries yeah he's dropping the price currently please buy that thing if you're listening to this podcast i'll sell it to you for 3500 bucks so let me know you listen to the podcast. You just went down say. even farther. Dude, I just got to get it off the plate. Yeah. It's cash in my pocket to pay for the new bike. Yeah. I mean, at this point. Like, it's just sitting there. It's not getting ridden. You're just waiting for your next actually yeah. like next level e-bike, the bullet. So it's like. Yeah. And so the problem with it now is Polygon just came out with their new Colossus. And that bike is, from what I can tell, looking at all the geometry specs, is the exact same frame repainted with a bigger battery in the same compartment because oh. Shimano makes a battery that is the same dimensions, just bigger now. So is it more density? Yeah. It's like a 620 versus but a 540. they renamed it and everything too? Yeah. Do they repainted. Still, do they still basically sell Basically the model? exact same spec. And they, no, they've discontinued the one I have. They went over to that one. Yeah. Yeah, but freshly spent... Freshly serviced suspension, rear shocks never been ridden. Um, zero miles on the motor. Zero miles on the motor. Brand new motor, brand new cranks. Drivetrain's been completely gone through. Brakes are freshly bled. It's a steal. And a, and a better rear wheel than what was on it before. What's, and a brand new rear tire. So she's ready to go. What's your coupon code for the listeners here? 
So they squillion. get that 500 off? Uh, coupon, coupon code will be the boys of Jared's place, 69420. That's it. All right, write that down, write that down. Yeah, write that down. <laughs> good deal. It's an extra, that is a good deal. It is an extra large. Um, it's a smaller extra large. Uh, but it is an extra large. Is that their biggest size, or do they have an XXL as That's well? That's their biggest size. Because oh, yeah. sometimes extra large, like where, like YT, yeah. I think they have XXL now. So like, same thing. Like Specialized is doing like span. Specialized does it by numbers now, basically like one, yeah. two, three, four, five. But like they've expanded out what like the extra large is to be even bigger to give them more range and stuff in some companies. So. Yeah. Well, and we still got one more Santa Cruz heckler. Here at the shop, we do have the, uh, another a medium Santa Cruz Heckler R build. What's the price on that, Josh? Fifty two fifty, fifty seven fifty. Yeah, with the five day punch pass and a for full the park. warranty. For full warranty on that guy, everything's been run through. Does that one have fresh wheels? It's got brand new factor wheels on it, aluminum wheels, way better than the. Um, the WTBs that were on it. I'm struggling. Drivetrain is freshly serviced, and I'm not exactly sure, but probably has a new cassette on it. Um, most likely new brakes on it. Um, fully run through. I'm struggling Good with those WTB wheels on the Hecklers. They're so soft. Those WT. Right. So WTB, if you didn't know, stands for wheels that blow. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of their higher end wheels are nice, but when you get below that, it, it's like it just falls off fast, like really fast. There, I mean, I've I it's, had a wheel set on my on a commensal I had, and those things, they were they were cheaper. Yeah, they're affordable, yeah. and they sucked. Yeah, they sucked. So the factors back, are great. That's a nice upgrade on yeah. the heckler for the factors. I'm loving my Heckler right now. It took a little bit of time, but it, I've been feeling like really good on it this past weekend. I got a lot of laps in overall. Yeah. I was using my bike because all the quads in the truck was getting used for stuff this weekend, and we were working on Sunday. So I was like, well, I'll get some laps in, and then I'll pedal my bike down up, and then ride down Armucci to do work, and then I'll pedal like ride down Armucci. So I got some extra laps around like working too. But Well, that's a good tie into the week then, trail work. It is a good tie into the week. That's really what everyone's here for because we got a lot of big updates for yep. local pro and our Moochie. It seems like the people are ex pretty excited for it. I'm pretty excited for it. Got a lot it. of updates. A lot, a lot of, updates. of updates. And we've had those trails closed for two, two weeks now. Two weeks now. And they, both of those will be open this weekend. And fingers crossed, I'm 99% sure we'll have a new add-on on the bottom of our Moochie. Um, which right at the end of Armucci, you get an additional bit of trail to take you back to the parking yeah. lot. So, But if that's not ready, Armucci will still be open. Still it's be just open, an, yeah. and you can still ride the gravel road back to the parking yeah, lot. That's just an extension, so we still have the cutoff, so you can go over to the shuttle trail, which is the OG exit to Armucci. Yep. So that will be open and running, and then just if we finish that extension, then we'll have that little extra bit going. Drew, you want to take us through the bridge process? How yeah. Was, how was that? Take us through the bridge. I, <clears throat> we've um, all helped, Maybe not but the entire process. How do you feel about it? I feel good about it. You were the lead on it. Let's, you were the only person there from beginning to end on that bridge. A lot of people came and go. I think went, it worked out really good. It's pretty solid. It I'm doesn't pretty pumped move. on it. I jumped around up there. It's solid as yeah. hell. When we added the... Like, when we, <laughs> I jumped around up there. <laughs> I got to test it. I jumped, shaked it and everything like that. And like, it was good. And then once we finished the down bridging and got all that yeah. tied in, like it just added an extra bit to the stability as well, I feel yeah. like. 
Well, Sunday we came out and got the ramp finished on that and tested it. And then Monday we got the railing up. And then yesterday we got the painting and staining on. So it all just really came together this week yep. after seeing just posts in the ground for so long. It's weird because I feel like all that ending stuff happened in like two days. Like yeah. it's pretty fast, right? Because you all didn't even work on it on Monday. Because it was raining? No, we did. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh, we put the railing up. Oh, the railing. Okay. Yeah. But like, there's so much groundwork that goes into getting the six by sixes in, getting all that framed up and getting the whole base ready. Yeah. And then like, once that's done, the decking, it goes on fast. Like the other stuff goes on fast. So mm -hmm. it felt like it just sat there forever, like just getting framed up. But that's also the hardest, most precise part. Because if you get that right, the rest is good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel pretty good and about we, it. I mean, we talked about it. Like... Our process is not to the point yet where we can have all the people working on it be doing different things all at the same time to a certain point. Like getting our posts in, our process is still, you know, level them, get them, get them plumbed mm -hmm. one at a time. Yeah. So we're definitely not it's slower, but this is by far the most yeah sturdy thing we've ever built. And it is a, it's a big feature. It looks very nice with the stain. Yeah. That took so long. I didn't so even long. look at it today. You didn't? You just flew I just right past so it. I just flew right through it. Yep. Yeah. The staining did take forever. Well, we had to get every little nook and cranny. Yeah. So you didn't see the pressure-treated lumber. Yeah. So if y'all are coming down, you, you right. some spots, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely you didn't even did. see it. <laughs> but we did miss some spots. A couple board ends and stuff like that. They're just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But it's almost like ninety nine percent covered. Yeah. So but those. If, uh, if you ride it, look at uh, the left railing and the right railing when you're going across the bridge, and let us know which side you think looks better. Nick did one side; I did the other side. So <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was, Nick's like, "Man, that your side looks like shit, man. My side looks so good, <laughs> so patchy." <laughs> nah, but it both sides look great. Oh, that's nice of you, Drew. The yeah. whole bridge looks good. It does. Like it, it looked good, and then you stained it, put the deck rip on, and all that stuff, and it just like makes it look complete. And you like stand yeah. back and you look at it, you're like, yeah, mm -hmm. all right. Yeah. We did. I mean, you didn't even look at it. We did put uh, the deck gripping tape on the top of the railing as well. So if anyone wants to hop up there and manual across, it's okay. got some extra traction on. I'll there. I'll take you up on that. Yeah, we figured that was smart. Put a full scent on that. If anyone does it. <laughs> Not even a half cent. Yeah. Full cent. Full cent. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Because it will be sent. Yeah. And then uh, we did the test with Josh, and then you added a little bit of extra rocking. Just redid the rock garden at the Underneath. bottom of it. I was 50-50 on if that was going to line up completely, and it didn't. Did you um, have to pull them all into it or just like read? I pulled the top half yeah. and basically just made the rock steeper. To match the bridge and kind of line up better. Um, Let that compression. It was more of through. like a drop onto the rocks before. And now yeah. it's like more of a roll onto the rocks. Manage They're the still gnarly-ish. Still going to be a, a, a speed check right there into that catch berm. Yeah. And that catch berm will be bye ya. And then we talked about it some, but then you walked it and you're like, man, that was, there was a lot. So we also, I mean, all the updates above our Moochie on Local Pro. Which that's all finished out, packed in, quad packed, yeah. ready to go as well. Did you tested the rock drop? Yeah, thing? so no, I rode the whole thing last weekend on Josh's bike after I broke mine. 
which he had his tire pressure at like 60 PSI to ride air supply. And I was so sketched out. <laughs> but all that works really good. Slows you down a ton. I'm sure our faster guys will come out and just absolutely rip through it. Um, but it's a lot of fun to add some length to the trail, some more some more features. There's a good a couple good hard compressions for you, Sam, to test your test your downhill bike on. So it makes going from instead of doing it makes it more worth it in my mind to go to the midway crossover on local than to just go down Armucci onto local because yep. there's now some some really sweet stuff above that. You got like five new features now? Rock Garden. Well, it's cool. I wouldn't I mean I would consider Rock Garden a feature. I yeah, mean, it's a built out features, rock garden. but also the trail has been completely changed, yeah. so it's not in the same path. Yeah, it is a completely new path. Like yeah. a whole new route to it. Um, and then, just pre-ride, pre-ride, pre-ride. Check it yeah. out. Then today got some some mods on the lower section where that needed a little revamp. So the tree jump is now way bigger. That little berm around the corner where the sketch is bigger. A little jump out of it and. That tight berm right before the uh, the log over is much bigger and wider now. Haven't checked that out yet, so I need to go walk. You just finished that like middle of the day, end yeah. of the day. So I need yeah, to go just see did that, that tomorrow this morning, or the next and day. Finished it up. That'll be good. And then uh, Drew and I went up top and uh, finished one of the uh, redid one of the berms that he struggled with the most. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've the berm that, the most on that. Yeah. The first time we went through there, I remember you blowing that that berm out. Uh yeah, went right over it. Lost my rear brake. Yeah, your brake lever, I think. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Just squirting brake fluid. Um. So. Give us a little rundown of that. What? Well, oh, the there. changes there. Yeah, you know how to explain where it is best too. Uh, I mean, it's that flat berm. Berm flat, you know. Uh, right before the big steep drop on local pro. Um. It's just kind of out there in the middle of nothingness because steep mountainside is hard to build a berm, like counteracting that. But um, right before the steep drop, a couple turns up, there was just like an off-camber section where people have ridden so low on it, it just became benched. So we widened that and then built up that berm after that really good. So hopefully you can carry a little bit more speed, a bit safer looks stout this time they actually have some thickness to it so put some rocks in there for the base and everything should hold up yeah third time's the charm we'll see we say it should hold up and then you just get enough people just ripping through there and then a little bit of erosion and it just starts it's wearing not the people off ripping the... through there you got to worry about <laughs> what is it just the straight erosion <laughs> the people that are blowing over it <laughs> that's true yeah that does cause so much more damage of just wearing the top off yeah Coming in hot and just skidding over the top. Kyle did hit me that, with the, uh, he's the king of blowing out berms, so I got to keep an eye on that. Thanks, Yeesh. Kyle. <laughs> no, but that'll be good. So so it's uh, the entirety of Local Pro has seen some some positive changes, and that'll be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. What about Armucci? Boy, was that a good lap for the just end did of the a, day. Did a run down that at the end of the day. Everyone mm -hmm. got a, a rip in on that. So, yeah, that's got a pretty major overall. We talked about it a little bit. We finished it all up. But below the bridge, so Armucci, the local pro bridge crossing, has got the most overall. He did a couple things up top. But 
that wasn't anything crazy. That was already open. People have ridden that. Yeah. So. Uh, no, the new rollers you built. No, people have ridden that. Yeah, that was that, was that one yeah, rainy yeah. weekend that it got a little sloppy. So, yeah, that was all open. But the new lower section, Josh went through there, stacked a bunch of dirt, got all those turns widened out, and then you came through and finished it and everything. And it's it's good. We fixed some. Now that Armucci was bad before, but we fixed a couple of, you know, feedback areas where we had some feedback provided to us on tightness or like difficulty of berms. But. Not even feedback. I think we knew. I mean, we kind of knew, I, but we did have I people. I definitely blame myself for that one. I think if we had gone to Rock Creek, Red Rock Creek, two weekends prior, then those berms would have ended up different the first time. Not necessarily as big as they are now, because but, having the big machine go through there and Josh did an excellent job stacking those and just making the whole trail wider. Yeah. Makes the whole process easier for me, but it was good. Those berms got some serious revamps, and they are steep and deep. They are fun. steep and deep, but for anyone that is a true green rider, the plus is there's still a really wide lower part to the like the turn, so yeah. you don't have to get up in the yeah. steep part of the berm. It's there's almost still... like two trails, right? Like there's yep. a a wall of a berm, and below it is a very mellow berm. With the still a very wide radius. Yeah, I mean, wider than it was before. With yeah. like a lot of room just to make you feel more comfortable and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some rollers got changed up in between and everything. So it's a good revamp. It's yep. running good. I, that was a good laugh. That was, it was nice ripping through those turns. Yeah, I can't wait until that's blue grooved. Yeah. It's so fast. But uh, that tire pack. I think people will be pumped on that too. Oh yeah. It was like not disappointment's not the right word, but we had it open and then it was like we had two weeks where people were like, I was like, Oh, Armucci's closed. And yeah, like beginner riders coming through and you're like, I really want to send you through Armucci, but mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to have that back open because it's really good. Beginners do really like it. Like we've had a lot of people come out like, Oh, I can bring my wife out now and they'll bring <laughs> the wife the next week and they'll literally just run laps on Armucci while their husband's going over and doing like other stuff and everything like that. Timing wise, it works out like if you're slow enough compared to like whoever you're riding with and you're a beginner, like you get down once and they're on their second lap because our Moochie's a little longer. If you're running yep. it slow, it takes a minute to get down. Yep. Yep. So they're like finishing up their second lap, like somewhat similar to when their person's coming up. Well, it's, it's shuttle timing too, yeah. right? If yeah. they can get two laps in with the shuttle mm -hmm. as your lap takes you a little bit longer and you may wait a couple mm -hmm. minutes for that second lap it, of the shuttle. But it worked out pretty well. So. It's glad to, glad to have that back open for everyone. Yeah, glad to have that back open and an, stoked on the revamp. And an awesome way to get back to the parking lot. Like, it's so easy to get back to the parking lot from there. It's probably the best thing about that trail is it, it will always get a ton of traffic because all of the people that ride here consistently know that that is the way to get back to the parking lot now, yep. which is amazing. And... It, it's fun too we'll like, have an add-on to that to yeah. make it even better it's fun too though you watch like igor jake they both posted up some reels when they are like a month or so ago and like they're absolutely destroying some of that trail just like on how far they're sending some of the doubles and stuff like that yeah so it's like fun for people like that also but yeah i'm yep. like in the middle a couple of the doubles i can hit the turns i can rail pretty good i mean it's hard to double it when you're manualing the whole thing i right? know like but like i should be able to pull a manual into a double right that's true. At this point, yeah, I just got to connect the two. Well, the e-bike learning curve, you yeah, know, you'll get there. Honestly, like e-bike is a lot easier to sit there and do like a wheelie with than having that motor and you can just pull the a brake. wheelie. Yeah, yeah, a not man a manual, a manual though. But... It's it's different, not necessarily yeah. harder. 
but right. uh, it's a different weight balance and everything. But I get yeah. why Jared loves man, uh, wheeling his uh, oh, e-bike because you so just much grab fun. the brake and then let the motor pull you through yeah. it and everything. It's so easy to get it up and hold it there. Hmm. Wait, why are y'all both looking at me when you mention e-bikes? You going to get an e-bike? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> My clapped unit still goes. <laughs> one of these one of these weeks, we're going to put up the GoFundMe for Drew's e-bike. I was messing with Drew today and told him we already did and he's like, oh, I would have seen it. I was like, not if we blocked you. And he had to sit there and figure it out for like a couple of minutes. He's like, well, I have access to the boys at Jared's Place Instagram. I would have seen it on there. <laughs> I was like, no, you wouldn't have. He's like, yeah, yeah, I would have. He's being gaslit. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days. Yeah. We're so close to everyone on the crew having an e-bike, so we can just not even worry about it. I'll be like, e-bike laps, let's go. Maybe I could put like a lawnmower motor on it. On your specialized? Yeah. You can do one well, of those add ins that clips onto the seat post and like goes no, down. No, no, you don't even have to do a lawnmower motor. They sell the kits on eBay for like 125 bucks. You get a little like 50cc okay. motor with the gas, like all the shit you need, and you just strap it onto your bike. It's got to be a hardtail. Um, but mm. gotta be hard. <laughs> you could do it on Josh's stash. Yeah. They do ones there where you it's go. like the and roller. And it would have a throttle. They do oh, ones where the, the roller basically like goes down on the wheel and then it spins the wheel. So it's like any bike would fit in. But that those still don't work with go. full suspension. So Buffang makes a mid-drive motor that you basically just bolt onto your bike. I was looking at those thousand bucks. You can have a like what is it, like a fifteen hundred watt peak power motor, which yeah. is three times more powerful than an EP eight with a throttle e bike motor. You think I could commute that thing to work? maybe it would yeah, just be hard to fit the battery on too because it's like one of those like not in the frame batteries you know yeah you just have to figure out how to put that on the stump jumper i got ratchet straps that's true <laughs> maybe we'll put a go a go fund up go fund me up for one of those thing <laughs> Then Drew's just got to figure it out. <laughs> oh, man. What did I get myself into? What was that, uh, the bike you were talking about? Rocky Mountain that dropped the... Yeah, so Rocky Mountain... Well, they've had it for years now, but I was looking at it. So Rocky Mountain does... I forgot what the motor... I could look it up, but I don't want to. You can look it up if you're really interested. But so Rocky Mountain's motor, I haven't seen it on any other e-bike, is 108 newton meters with... What is it, like a, a thousand watts of power? You said it was something plus a three hundred add-on. So they do a seven hundred and twenty watt hour battery with a three hundred and some add-on. So it makes it like a thousand and something watt hour battery. But the motor is so an EP eight is eighty five newton meters of torque. Um, the Bosch is eighty five newton meters of torque. You know the the specialized thing is ninety, and their their newest um, whatever their lightweight one is is fifty. So eighty five is basically the standard, right? So that motor is one hundred and eight, so almost twenty five newton meters more powerful, and the peak wattage is way more powerful. Though for a class three e bike, it has to be a twenty five or twenty two hundred and fifty watt. Um, whatever the term is like base power like average power whatever but it's a much more powerful motor basically um but from reading about it it looks like they run it at a slower 
um, it's geared differently, so it runs at a slower RPM, the motor itself, which makes it quieter. So I guess more torque and a slower motor would be about the same speed, but it looks like a sick bike. That's a, an interesting concept because just being newer to e-bike, it's not bad, but you definitely hear that smaller little whine back there. Yeah. And so like a, a different revolution will get you like a lower sound and everything like that. I mean, it's it was nerdy, but it's the progression of computer fans back in the build-your-own-computer-case days, right? Right. Like it used to be like 60, 80-millimeter fans, and they started progressing to like 120-millimeters, 140-millimeter, 180-millimeter fans because you can move the same amount of air at a lower revolution, creating less noise. But and it's a similar principle. I don't right? know what like, like the technology the technology is in the new uh, Fuel EXE, but that's supposed to be an insanely quiet. It's a it's a mid power motor. Yeah, that's a whole different process there. But yeah, but like, it's supposed to be really quiet. super super quiet. What motor are they using? In check is Bosch. It's a version of the Bosch. No, I don't. I don't think it's Bosch that's in the Fuel EXE. It might be. I could be wrong. Jared had one of those on demo for a while. He did. I didn't pedal it or listen to it or anything. I pedaled it, but I didn't really listen to it. He didn't notice it. I wonder if... That's true. But you also had your e-bike at the time, too, so that noise could have just been natural. No, at that time. At that time, no. I didn't. I haven't had the Polygon for so long. It has been a while. Since it's been a while. I've been out ripping. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it just was that quiet. I didn't notice it. It's easier. Like I imagine the Specialized is probably pretty quiet too because yeah. it's, it's less torque. It's adding in less power. It's just a, like a much more minimal assist. So yeah. it doesn't have to ramp up its sound as much or anything. Yeah. It's not bad, but it is something when you're riding an e-bike, you do have that like chance catches on. Like when I'm riding the e-bike, he stays behind me because he hears that motor the whole time. He doesn't like the sound. Mm -hmm. The things that gets him are like the motor and when like, I do a shitty shift, and like he can hear the clunk of the gears, he like jumps and you know, like get behind him. <laughs> he thinks something's gonna come at him or something. Those two things, but like the e-bike, I don't know if it's a speed thing. Like I can wear him out with the e-bike, especially going up the climb. Um, but so he'll just stay behind the e-bike. Regular pedal bike, but slower too. But he'll like run around me a lot more. Yeah, the e-bike, he just stays behind me. I think it's. I mean, it's, I can definitely push him faster, but he's just trotting. It's not like he's really running like he does with the regular bike. I think it's just a noising that. Like, I mean, going up our mountain is probably just speed is the majority. I guess riding other places, like if you were to take them on a flatter trail, the sound yeah. might be that. He's going to go rip the Pinhotis. I was considering taking them, but that's a long rip for him on the Pinhotis. Yeah. But how else are you supposed to get them in shape? Yeah. So that's well, like I've 20 miles, though. So. Two extra batteries now coming for my e-bike, so we get a good Pinhoti ride in. We can do a long one. <laughs> We're gonna swap charge, them out. We're gonna charge my I'm battery not. probably. I, I want to rip my Yeti there, but it was making some pretty hefty creaking from the headset today. So I think I gotta check that bad boy out. You and Josh are both worried about headset creaking. Get over. Mine's it. not really a creaking. It sounds like a creaking and cracking. So like, headset. It's still your headset. Yeah, I mean it is. I'm just concerned if it's like a <laughs> busted bearing in there or something. Not that it would so matter. So what if it is? It's in the frame. It'll stay together, right? As long just as the bars cinder. turn. <laughs> I mean, that's what Drew's concerned about pulling the headset on the YT because he's like, what if we don't have another one and it just falls apart when you open <laughs> it up? Bearings just falling out. Yeah, we got to keep that indexing, bro. <laughs> that happened to Jordan once. I think we talked about it. Matt was out riding. Matt always jokes because, like, we used to play just fucking parking lot support for Jordan and Alex. And he, like, Jordan would show up. He's like, can you do this for me? And Matt's like, yeah, let me call Daniel and clock in really quick. 
<laughs> but he came in he's like my headset's messed up so we pull it apart and like bearings just like ball bearings just like started coming out and that's like oh seriously <laughs> like, jam them back in and just put it back together really quick we're like we're not messing with that right now <laughs> yeah it's toast yeah yeah it was toast but it's my concern of pulling it is like probably just leave it and ride it but i don't Need to, get, need to get new one ordered probably she's been creaking and crying at me for a while now just take the bearings out and clean them and if they're really bad then replace them well if i take them out and clean them and they're really bad and i can't put them back in and then i gotta wait to replace them that's no, you don't just go to free flight uh, that's true they we'll probably have, have some they have headset bearings there i might actually have an extra headset bearing in my van i wonder what bike it's for though <laughs> they're all the same these days no, not necessarily. Especially if like it's for the Trek stash. What? My hardtail, like Josh's hardtail. For the stash? Yeah, like if I have one in my van and it was for that. Like different cup sizings oh. and stuff like that. As long as there's a tapered steer tube, it's going to be the same bearings. The cups are pressed into your frame. Yeah, but the cups can be different sizes for manufacturers be standard how standard at this point standard 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 those bearings all always have to fit the the yeah um, the tapered steer tube it's unless it's a like... straight steer tube then you have problems but from my understanding it's all standard as far as tapered steer tube headset bearings the cups are manufactured to fit that standard size i could be wrong but you like when but you I'm, buy you, you go on sure. to like uh, I mean I don't know I would have to look it up but like if you go on to Cane Creek they sell like basically bearings to match and cups to match different cup sizes because like a manufacturer could do a certain size headset like uh, Gorilla Gravities is bigger right because they fit the knock block or they fit the I think it's more common on odd bikes like that and probably older ones too something with like maybe Trek with the knock block something. or a downhill bike where yeah. it'd be different yeah. But I guess if you're looking at all trail bikes with a 36, 38, you're probably pretty standardized yeah. at this point. It's got to be standard. I mean, you say got to, but like you know how the bike industry is and trying to do their own thing. Well, because if you if you yeah, say yeah, standardization, yeah, but bearings but bearings aren't like SRAM versus Shimano. No, I know, but like a, a manufacturer company to stay fit the same steer could do a bigger, wider headset. That bearing's gonna be bigger, and then a like more bearing, like a double row bearing or something like that. And then, like, the internal diameter is still going to be the same to fit the steerer through, right? The biggest thing that has to be consistent would be fitting the steerer. So that would be the internal diameter of the bearing. But you could have it bigger with bigger ball bearings, and it still would fill out a headset more. That's true. That is definitely true. But I think... I would assume they probably could be are wrong. more we just, standardized. Just that up, but yeah. but I don't know. It's just conversation, though, yeah. I guess. Because that, that is something like you could do a bigger, heftier bearing. And that ID, the internal diameter, is still going to fit the steerer the same, yeah. which is that contact point with all of your forward but i would also assume like for manufacturers of bikes it would be easier to go for the standard size yeah. where those headset bearings are well, more accessible and yeah. probably cheaper than some weird odd size that's going to cost them more to put it and in i guess bike. some of this is coming from i've gone on cane creek and try to find my bearing and like buy it and they have a lot of options and numbers to go through 
but then thinking about that, that's years worth of different bikes that they're trying to support. And, and, and yeah, different types of bikes, road bikes, roads, everything. gravel, so, mountain, yeah. downhill, everything. Cause they're just a bearing maker at that level too. So yeah, it's like multiple years, variations across generations and stuff like that. I mean, I would assume Santa Cruz are going to use the same bearing across all their bikes. Yet you would be standard on their brands. And then you would assume some brands would cross over and use the same standard, but it's like not like I assume you, Santa Cruz would use different size headset bearings on like their bike ranges, right? Like they're going to standardize the hell out of that. Yeah. But I don't know. I got to look all it up. Right. I got to see what's in the van. Look it up. See if I can replace it fast or not. Yeah. I would assume all my spare parts are for my Yeti because that was the only bike I had cared about for a while. Still the only bike I really care about, but not True. 100% positive. I'm going to look <clears> up those numbers and see. It'd be nice if I did have a backup. I'll just throw it in there real quick. Yep. You just got the wheel refresh, didn't you? Uh, um, Rim tape refresh? Yeah. I pulled it apart, looked at how corroded all the nipples were. I'm like, that's a whole project. So we'll get to that. looked like a triathlon, a triathlete's bike. Only some of them. Some of them were pretty good. Some of them were pretty trash. It'll hold for a little bit longer. It'll get some new spokes on order. So the back's been redone. The front had never been opened up. Like I never, I don't think I've pulled the tape or the rim strip on that tire ever. The the back has been pulled apart three times because it's been busted three times. Um, the backs moved to straight gauge spokes and brass nipples, uh, which have better corrosion resistance and everything like that. So the back's on a much different setup than the front. And the front's three years in, never pulled tape, never pulled the strip. Show is corroded. And it's still <laughs> the aluminum nipples, which corrode easier than brass does and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, I posted that picture and Spuds was instantly like, get brass they don't corrode i was like yeah i'm working on it <laughs> but all i did was just look at them brush them up a little bit clean all the shit off of it so it didn't have just like gunk stuck on them and then put a new uh rim strip on it you have to use rim strips with those and then just yeah. retaped it put some put a tire back on there she's good to go for now just avoid any major impacts and keep the tire pressure up yep and just try not to break any of those spoke nipples there's like six I'm concerned about. How many? It's like oh no! Twenty-eight hole or thirty-two hole? So you got like a quarter of them that I'm worried Not about. Not impacts you got to worry about on that. I would think so. So right there, impact flex the rim and just because like, the rim flexes a single wall rim. That's where I've had breaks. Turning so flex. like if it flexes and snaps that backside off. Yeah, I would say turning flex is gonna do. Or turning is flex. gonna be more. But those that is a that. single wall, so that knuckle is meant to go around like rocks. Yeah, so like yeah, yeah. impact it the wrong way, it's gonna bend it a little bit. That's and true. Potentially like that's what I'm concerned about is that head that's deteriorating, just like breaking apart finally and then it's not gonna be that major and you lose a spoke, whatever. I don't yeah. know. But part of it. Just part of it. Told Josh, I was like, just pick out the nicest brass nipples and I'm probably gonna straight gauge spoke the front ones as well. I might leave it at not straight gauge, but Straight gauge versus bladed? Straight gauge is like thicker all the way through, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I forget what the other version is, but you can feel like uh, right, the nipple's thicker and then it fades in a little bit as it goes up. Uh, straight gauge, I think, keeps it that thickness all the way through it, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look that I up. Know. I think that's my understanding on what straight gauge ones, but it's supposed to be stronger and stiffer. Yeah. Um, but you can do bladed, you can do like. I've, not, there's something bladed straight gauge you can do those bird string ones or whatever byrd the problem i see with like straight gauge and i have no experience with bird i've watched like a couple of videos but never really retained much information about like actually what it is but 
the problem with bladed is you can't just go in the shop and say, Hey, I, I broke a spoke. Just replace it with another bladed yeah. one. They're going to be like, Nope, we've yeah. got a box full of blanks. You yeah. can cut it to size out of a round. Yeah. Yeah. The straight gauge, I did that on the back. So I, went, I was with the zip three zero motos and that compliance that they're built around the knuckle. Um, I was, I think I was breaking spokes a lot in the back. It's a 27.5 versus 29. It's taking more impacts in the back, obviously, than the front, I feel like. But um, that single wall, the flex, it was basically flexing at the um, spoke and snapping, or flexing at the nipple and snapping the, snapping the spoke right at the nipple, which sucked because you can't just pull that spoke and replace it. You have to untape it, pull the nipple, put a new nipple in, and rethread it. So right. you have to go through the full tape job every time that happened. But I think it was that flex and the... Um, uh, aluminum and just snapping that thing right there because it was flexing. So went with like a brass one, which is supposed to be a, still a softer metal. Yep. Um, but then like a straight gauge to kind of minimize that impact right at the nipple so it wouldn't keep snapping. I mean, I've had that, that one built for like a year and a half, two years, right before I came out here. I mean, it's been through all the abuse I've taken, given it out here, just casing jumps and every freaking thing that I can and it hasn't blown up yet, so... <laughs> So not too bad. Yeah. Pretty good. Oh, no. Ain't no reserve wheel, but. I've cracked one of those. Have you? Yeah. You already had a warranty one? Well, not already. You've had them for a while, but. Uh, no, Danny I was lazy. can't even crack one, and you did? Yeah. Yeah. Following Jason on a snowshoe. Schlunker. Yeah. He's a wild dude. He was also on a downhill bike. I was on a trail bike. Did you case that bad boy? No, I just, it was a flat draw. Uh -oh. just Drop, heard an awful ping, and then started losing air pressure. Yep. And uh, I haven't warrantied it because threw a tube in it and it still works. That was you're still running on your bike? Yeah. Wait, it's warranty cracked. that thing, It's dude. cracked? Yeah. What are you doing? It's, it's a what warranty. Do you mean, what am I doing? Your bike's warranty been Warranty the rim. I mean, it's got a lifetime warranty. Your bike's yeah, been sitting originally, over there down for two yes, weeks. You, you put yes, a tube in it? Yes. Originally, <laughs> it still works. I didn't want the downtime. Did you put some flex tape on it? <laughs> it's not cracked like that. It's like a hairline crack. But anyways, I didn't want the downtime of having to ship my wheel off. But now I don't even ride. So yeah, this is a good time to do it. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good time to do it. it was, two weeks ago was a good time to do it when yeah. your bike was down. For well, like, I could still do it now because I still have to get a brand new drivetrain. Yeah, but you rode it today, no problem, right? You just hop on the shuttle. Yeah, you don't just have to go to bike park. You don't have to worry about that derailer. Do that stuff. Yeah, I should just take it off. That's weight savings. I might do that. So there will always be tomorrow. You got to get it done today. All right. That's very insane. 9.15 right now. I'm going to call Mansman right now. They're on the West Coast. You even got to call Mansman. Just take it to free flight. Because they're open. They, oh yeah, because they can do Santa Cruz warranty and everything. Yeah. But they do Santa Cruz warranties. Not, not literally do it today, <laughs> but the longer you put it off, the longer your risk of... It's been over a year. That Is tube, it front or back? Back. Okay. Well, that's a little bit better. That tube's yeah. going to hold it together. It has. I, well, I feel like day. I feel like if it like fully folds, having it in the front, your likelihood of seriously injuring yourself is probably much greater. That's yeah. very fair. Yeah, just like lose that front wheel in the middle. But of something we fast. could warranty that now because we're Santa Cruz dealer rep. 
demo center. Demo center. Demo center. Yeah. But Josh might be able to get that done. Maybe. Send in the photos and when it's ready, take it apart and send it in. We'll see. Decisions. Decisions. It would. It would probably, from my warranty experience, it would probably be you send in. You don't even have to take it apart. Just send in the photos. They send you a new one, and as soon as you get it and rebuild it, you take the old one and cut it in half. Destroy it. Were your um, reserve wheels a full build? Yeah. Because with the full builds with reserve, you can't you send the full build, and they'll just send you a full new build, or they do the hoop only? I have no clue. That would be not the nice, where you don't even have to rebuild it, it nice. right? Or you just like, give me a whole yeah. new one, like the whole package, and they just take care of everything. Not that it's bad, Josh can do it, but like you have yeah. to get just a hoop, cut everything out, mm-hmm. and then like yeah. relace it up. That's a more yeah. of a process for like sure. New spokes and everything. If you're doing it that way, yeah, might as well. There was a time where I was trying to like fully break it, but never did <laughs> <laughs> make it worthwhile to warranty it. But I don't know. Never made it there. No, I got no. a claw hammer in my truck. <laughs> What's that? You mean a regular? It's hammer? like a regular hammer. Yeah. We can do that. No, you can't. Now you talked about it. They definitely probably listen to this podcast. I bet everyone has. Seen we could do something does. involving. <laughs> we could do something involving your rim and firework and fireworks this weekend for our one year anniversary party this weekend. We could do something with we the could. fireworks we're going to be putting off in your rim. You know those pop we could things? launch it into outer space. Get like a big old rocket and just launch it dude. all right hear me out then he don't have it to warranty take the pictures first <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you get the one with like the parachute in the hood and that way it just comes down gracefully <laughs> all right so we'll take the back wheel off the tire and then we're going to get those poppets and just put it around the rim like tape it on yeah. and just go for a rip that'd That's, be pretty cool that'd be pretty cool yeah, I mean that would honestly be kind of boring. You know how boring those poppets are. Like, I need some some explosions, not just some pops. <laughs> All right, so M80s instead. <laughs> Leave the tire on the on it. Oh my god! Put the M80s inside the tire. No, 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 no. Gunpowder. <laughs> Tannerite. Take the. Uh... We'll get some. We'll get some flour. Soak it in some diesel overnight. Oh, there we uh, go. Some redneck tannerite. What's it called? I'm blanking. Redneck right sealant. Take the valve, take the valve core out, get okay, a funnel, fill uh-huh. it with gunpowder. Yeah. Put a one of those little firecrackers in the in the hole. Light it and just ride as fast as you can and then the whole <laughs> thing will go boom. I'd rather not have carbon fiber shrapnel on my back. <laughs> You're not trying to explode your entire bike. <laughs> you can put a piece no, of how to use that thing. <laughs> I don't have like 20 bikes on reserve. Well, I do have a hardtail, but that thing doesn't get yeah, ridden. It was listed for sale at one point, wasn't it? It still is. Is it? It's been months. Dude, you need, no one wants you that need, You need to delete the listing and relist it to get it fresh in there, man. People no, what take- are you talking about? We've already talked about this this podcast. We need to order the the eBay motor and put it on the, <laughs> on the hardtail. On the hardtail. Bam. M bike. It is it's a like a it's like an e bike, but it's got a motor. An M bike. Yep. Motorbike. M bike sounds cooler. <laughs> motorbike. <laughs> it sounds less like you're trying to say it's a motorbike. <laughs> you take it to Big Creek. What do you got there? Is that, is that a dirt bike to M bike? M bike. Wait, it's isn't like a motor like powered by electricity, but an engine is powered by gas? 
Wait, it is. You were saying it's electric, right? It's not like a gas-powered one. Well, it is. It is an e-bike. Then it's yeah. an engine bike. Engine That's bike. how you get them. It's a, you got to <laughs> read the fine print. Class <laughs> one engine bike. Stewart's gonna catch you at Big Creek. It's an e-bike. An engine bike. You didn't read the fine print. I'm surprised they haven't built a guillotine for the Suron riders out there. Do they have Suron riders go out to Big Creek? Oh, well, wasn't there a photo legally. going around of some kid on in like pajamas? Yeah. at Big Creek on a on a Suron. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's, the Suron kids get the most hate out of anyone I've ever seen on social media. Well, yeah, because they're dickheads about it. Well, so also what I've seen with Surons is, is like you can quickly progress and you can start going way too fast on stuff and then they you see them wreck shit. Too. Oh, yeah. Because like there's big gaps you can do at speed, but then they You're talking it. about that one Talon Pemberton video of him getting like whiskey throttled halfway off the bike and just launching it no i should watch a couple of youtube channels too and you'll see that like yeah it happens a good bit yeah mm-hmm. they get the most hate because they'll take them to the bmx jumps and destroy <laughs> everything yeah just ruts in all the lips and landings yeah i could see that yeah i think the e-bikes definitely do have a an up on that like when i'm riding up lower squat squat rack and I'm in like eco or in like a trailer boost. You can tell in some points, you can hear that extra kick of the dirt when you're trying to put some power through a turn or something. It's not really, not really that bad, but I can imagine a Suron with a throttle and being able to like fully open that throttle. Like I could see that doing more damage. A, a Suron is a dirt bike. Yeah. It is not a bicycle. Yeah. It doesn't have that ramp it, up like the pedal yeah. assist does. So I could see that actually destroying dirt for real. If you yeah. have a throttle and you can spin the back yeah. tire while you're sitting on it, that can do some damage yep. to a trail. Yeah. Which I get. And it's a lot heavier, yeah. too. I, I, not and to say... e-bike, like, the argument that an e-bike is doing damage to a trail and it should be banned, I don't get that. It's an interesting conversation. I can see in certain rare situations, like, if you're pedaling up, you catch a rock, and you have the torque, and you just keep pedaling, that e-bike tire just kicks it out. Like, that could happen on a regular pedal bike, but, like, you can kick up a lot more with the extra torque you do have from the e-bike. But, like... But the increase on like a trail bike to an e-bike is still marginal compared to something with a throttle. Like it's not that much more damage. Yeah. Like I don't know. I think it's mostly just people trying to find an excuse. Yeah. But I I don't know. It the, the more on the trail destruction. I think the conversation comes from it provides more people easier access to farther out trails, which are still harder to maintain because you have to get out there and maintain them. But now it provides more people easier access to ride all those trails that they couldn't actually access before if they weren't in shape. So now, like, and especially in places like Colorado or a place where some of that stuff's way out there, you have people that can access it a lot easier, and but they're not maintaining it. So the reach of maintenance is still there. Ridership has increased, but support for that maintenance hasn't increased as much. Well, that's, but that's still a problem of, like, I don't know, inclusion, teaching, communicating and making people understand that they still need to support trails that are newer to community as well. So where you see the government, the government argument on the e-bike front where it has been imposed is it gets more beginner riders out on trails that are farther out or whatever. And it's a liability thing and a danger thing to those people riding the bikes and the other people on the trail. Yeah. And then, and that's, that's that can be fair yeah yeah and that but that still comes down to a conversation of like knowledge transfer trail stewardship and like 
yeah. kind of working through that instead of just pushing your way. It's like, okay, how can we address and work through this problem? Yeah, it's like what like, programs can we put in mm-hmm. place to properly educate all yep. of our riders? Yep. Because I think like Colorado and some of those places that have bigger, longer standing biking scenes already have a better understanding of when to ride trails and not ride trails post and pre storms and stuff like that. Like it's just more communicated. The 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 scene's been around and a trail stewardship's been passed around a lot yep. more. Where in the South it's still a newer sport and like the Blankets Creek committee, like uh, or the not the, the Blankets Creek like social group. There's still people constantly asking on there like, are the trails open? And it's like. It rained an hour ago. Like they're not open. I will say the like in Georgia, our local trails have a a really good active base for weather notifications. Mm -hmm. Like if you just look up any of like the public trail systems status, like you look up Big Creek Trail status, it'll take you to the Rambo website. They have that posted and it'll be updated. Yeah. It, it, we do a good job on that. The The struggle is is getting communication out to new riders because there's definitely been an influx of growth. And yeah, riders there's people that don't understand that. And it's what, like, yeah. yeah, and that's why I consider that, like passing that, along trail stewardship is like, don't ride wet trails. If you're like, you're leaving a rut in the mud, that means it's probably too wet. Turn around and go home. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're sad because you drove 20, 30 minutes. Like, you know, just passing along that type of knowledge. And that's bigger than the e-bikes. That's more of a, just like a, I guess an industry thing in general right now, just because there's a lot of growth in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it in the climbing industry, like especially when climbing gyms became really, really popular. There's just a massive influx of climbers that really didn't actually get shown, you know, how to respect trailheads and, and like climbing walls outdoors and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause it just was easy to access at that point. And you could pull up your apps and go find a trail or a, like something to climb and you don't have to have someone showing it to you or anything right so you don't have someone taking you out there teaching you about it you just go find it on an app and go do it yep so it's a little bit of that change as well it's interesting though yep i don't know i still have like i think i mean it's all it's all positive growth yeah in the long run i love my e-bike i still on the stand of like i don't think my e-bike will ever be my only bike like i like the the acoustic bike whenever i get off my e-bike back onto my yeti like i just love that freaking bike like, it's a good connection, but I don't know. I'm still, like, I'm a supporter of e-bikes. I love mine right now. I think it's right place, right time. Yeah. I don't think an e-bike makes sense everywhere, but they're freaking awesome. Yeah. Fun. It was a good time at Blankets. Do I need it at Blankets? No. But, yeah, but it makes that shit fun. <laughs> but I knocked out every trail in, like, an hour, hour 15, maybe. Like, just nonstop or anything like that. It was just, like, I went and I did um, uh, Dwelling every flow loop on dwelling just like ran it like yeah and then went over straight into south loop did full of south loop went the wrong direction because i don't ever know what day it is they have signs <laughs> he doesn't no. know the day you still have to know what day it is <laughs> you have a phone in your pocket <laughs> i just looked i'm like yeah it's monday i just started riding i was like i think it's tuesday <laughs> but um south loop and then it's straight into vmt all of vmt and then back into the parking lot and it was just like but you say you did every trail. Yeah. Do Mosquito Flats. Yeah, I did the part of it to get to VMT. It's not every trail. You're right, I didn't. And I didn't, and to be fair, I didn't do uh, Narnia either, and they did the, just do the Narnia that extension. That is true. So yeah, I didn't do every trail. got to add that on the I did list. every legit trail. Mosquito Flats can be fun as hell. I've, I've done laps on Mosquito Flats. You can work some fun stuff on it. On, like, on the cross-country bike, doing like coming back from dwelling Mm -hmm. that section that's on rider's right going Mm -hmm. back to the parking lot is flat but it can be super fast Mm -hmm. and 
Still if you know fun, how to work through that section, yeah. Into pedaling, going fast. Yeah, you can crank in with some speed, work yeah. that section. You got some flat turns to practice and stuff. Like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's not bad. It's just short and it's not that special or anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, is is the e bike there necessary? No. Did I feel a little bit bad and lazy when I went out there with my e bike and not my Yeti? A little bit, but I had a good time. So, yeah. Not really stressing it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Pass a couple of scrubs on their acoustic bikes. A loser. Push them over. <laughs> Push them over. <laughs> need a, a train horn. Womp. I'm behind you. Were you in the chug yesterday? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick, you, we went to Jefferson's last night, so we were driving into Main Street. Nick's being a freaking kid in the back seat, so we pull up next to the semi-truck. He's over there. Ooh! He does like to blow your horn thing. And the guy gave you a little horn and like uh, Nick got so pumped. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Like, God, I'm sitting next to a freaking 13 year old. And then he just like shit his pants right after that. <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, well, welcome to the boys at Jared's place. <laughs> it is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. There's our intro. Got it. That's okay, right. yeah. Done. Okay, yeah. That's okay, a good yeah. outro. Well, I guess you already have the intro. No. No. We didn't do anything like that, but now I do. We just fucking sent it. Yeah, we just fucking sent it. I'll put that back at the beginning. But uh, let us not forget, we mentioned it once, but one year anniversary party is a Saturday. We got food trucks. We got raffles. Raffles. We got our Moochie Express and Local Pro open. God, they're going to be good. People are going to love it. Uh, we might try to put together a little mini kids bike race or something. You think we can scrap together some? Uh... I'll be here all weekend. You gonna be here all weekend? I will go to Goodwill on Friday and just see need what like I can five. find. Yeah, see what's on Friday. See what's at Goodwill. Mass start <laughs> and uh, fireworks. Josh is going to get some fireworks. They're gonna go bang. And we're gonna launch Drew's wheel into <laughs> the air. Yeah, be there. <laughs> be there. Be there. <laughs> That part might not actually happen. No, I will. Okay, yeah. Okay, you. (laughs) Okay, yeah. All right, see y'all.